What's up, everybody? This is Grant at Cause Artist. Welcome to another episode of the Disruptors for Good podcast. Today, we're going to chat with Cullen Schwartz, the founder of Done Good, on building the Amazon for social impact brands and launching the Ethical Prime Day alternative. In 2015, Cullen decided to change his career path from working in politics on Capitol Hill, even worked with the Obama administration, and began to be, be just very frustrated about the political process and the possibility of, of impacting lives through through that mechanism. So he decided to start Done Good, which its sole mission is to make it very easy to do good by shopping. Um, and he created a marketplace where you could shop hundreds of brands that all have a social impact foundation within them. In the U.S., we spend $130 trillion buying stuff every year. If we can just transfer some of that shopping to more ethical and sustainable brands, I think we'll be very, very happy and very surprised of the positive impact that that would make, not only in local communities, but around the world, to our environment. There's so many ancillary factors of good that would come from that transfer of wealth sort of from you know, big companies, big corporations to, you know, small business, sustainable business, ethical brands who are, who are doing doing the little things right, right? And I think it's a, it's a really powerful, powerful platform and our ability as consumers as it's just never been as powerful as it is now. So they also launched Better Days, which is, we all know sort of Amazon Prime Day where there's sort of deep discounts on Amazon on all kinds of products. So starting today through Wednesday, there's gonna be 40% off so many amazing uh, sustainable brands on Done Good. It's a great opportunity for, for all of us to get introduced to these companies, to support them and what they're doing, and, and really just, just make an impact. So, so I hope you guys get to check out Better Days, you know, do some shopping this week, really support some of the causes and get some great products. I mean, it's just such an opportunity for all of us to get involved. Hope you enjoy the conversation with Colin. Amazing journey, amazing product he's built. Shout out to that team. Hope you guys enjoy the day and have a great week. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Usually how I like to start these conversations about is about the journey, man. And, and this seems yeah. to be a long time coming that, that we talk about, talk to you and talk about done good because you're kind of a, a veteran in the space at this point, I think. And sort Isn't of that built, crazy? It's, I know, right? It, it started, there, there's been some marketplaces that have come and gone, right? In, in this space. And, and I think yep. you kind of built uh, one of the top ones and, and kind of have, have, you know, gone through the hurdles and, and really broke through the wall a little bit, so to speak, and are building out. Well, or, yeah, or, or are breaking. <laughs> our bre- yeah, yeah, are breaking, right? We're still, yeah, we're still early in all of this for, for all of us, yeah. Well, back in college, uh, which is, you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit older. I'll date myself a little bit. That was like the turn of the century, you know, like sure, sure. 99, 99 to 03. I worked for a bunch of different progressive campus organizations, you know, but when one I really got into and, and, and eventually got into the national leadership of was a group called United Students Against Sweatshops. And what we would do is we would get universities across the country to put a code of conduct in their apparel contracts, you know, especially if it's a bigger school, whatever, you get a lot of companies bidding you know, to make the university's licensed apparel, all that clothing that has the university's name and logo on it, you know, somebody's making it and that's, those are big dollar at a big school. That's a big dollar contract. Companies really want those contracts. That's that's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So the turned out like a lot of that clothing was being made and, you know, could be particularly awful conditions, you know, poverty wages and unsafe and, and child labor potentially. And so we get universities to have a code of conduct that would essentially say, 
you know, any company bidding has to demonstrate that they're not producing in sweatshops. And so, you know, no child labor, traffic labor, you know, relatively safe working conditions, at least just, above, you know, above poverty wages, a decent wage, some basic protections at least. And so then companies would improve their practices and create more of a market for companies with better practices and reward companies with better practices. And that was, to me, just like the exposure to this idea that like consumer demand can really create positive social and environmental change. And I thought, well, if you can get, you know, a bunch of consumers, individual consumers to do the same thing, it right. has that same power and that same effect. And I knew just for me personally, I wanted to know where the stuff I was getting was coming from. I wanted to know the money right. I was spending, right? right? Like, like, let alone the, the impact of the world that we can collectively make, but also just, just me as a human. I want to know that like, I'm not working for things. And then my money, the money I'm spending is working against me. You know, I'm giving my money to, to, to an organization that's perpetuating things that, that I don't believe in. Right. And so, but it was, you know, really hard, especially at that time it was, you know, impossible to, to find or you know, like ethically made, I think made stuff in a lot of cases. You 100%, know? man. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, so I had that idea, though, way back then. And I thought, yeah, at some point, like, I, I really want to do something with this idea that, that consumer spending can be the world's most powerful force for change. I mean, right? Like, 100%. consumer spending is 70% of it's the U.S. economy, right? It's a fact, yep. Yeah. Well, and Americans gave, we always cite this stat, Americans gave $400 billion to charity last year. We spent 325 times more than that buying stuff, right? So, like, those of us who care about social and environmental impact, like, more of us, I just feel, have got to be working on that, you know, that that $130 trillion we also yep. can buy stuff because it's just a huge wealth of resources. And if that, just by virtue of us spending it and getting what we need to buy anyway, can reduce poverty and fight climate yep. change and make yep. it a little better, then, then that's huge. So I, I always had that idea. But then, you know, as it happens, when you get out of school, I, I ended up getting a job in like politics. I, so I spent, you know, a decade with that as my career, you know, coming up, working on campaigns, and then ended up um, working on Capitol Hill and was a communications director for a couple of U.S. senators. And then I worked in the Obama administration. And uh, and that was all, you know, good. I was I was grateful for those opportunities and I enjoyed it sometimes, you know, <laughs> and like, um, and it was cool and interesting. And we felt like you're fighting a good fight. Sure. And then also at the same time, as you can imagine, like sometimes you get, uh, you get to where you feel like you're kind of banging your head against the wall, just uh -huh. fighting the other side to an endless tie, you know? Right. Like right. it's really, it's really hard to it's get. It's a bad soccer game. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it is. It's, it's hard to get. It's tie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was zero, zero, you know, at the end. <laughs> there's no shootouts, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, so, you know, I mean, we worked on like this one piece of legislation. It would take three years to get passed. And at the end of the day, it's so watered down that like, you're like, yeah, I don't know. This is better than the status quo by a little bit. It's still, but it's still shitty policy. So we took some shitty policy and made it a little less shitty. Yep. And that's, oh, sorry if I, I don't know if you got a beaver. Oh, I love it. No, I love it. Shoot okay, away. Bye. Yeah, all right. It sounds good. Yeah, it's podcast. We had on, we had on the network, right? So, all right, cool. Yeah, you know, so like, well, three years of my life to make one area of federal policy slightly less shitty, like, I guess that's progress, you know? But right, I, right. So, so I stopped and I, I came back to this idea, you know, about wanting to try to help unleash the power of consumer spending, because I do think that's the hope. When it comes to big yeah. issues like poverty, climate change, like, you know, unfortunately, I, like, I think elections are still really important. Everyone should make their plan, vote, <laughs> vote early, only vote right. once, despite what Trump says, but vote <laughs> once and make sure you do it. Because I mean, look, it's, it's critically important for a lot of reasons. At the same time, I don't see big sweeping change coming out of DC anytime soon. That's going to be what we need to solve climate change. What I do think is that this new, you know, uh, this new paradigm that says, 
business's sole purpose isn't just to maximize profit and exploit whatever they can, you know, but yep. instead we expect businesses to be a force for good in the world. That will be, that will be the most important ideological shift of this century. Right. And that, that change is occurring. I think the number one force for that will, the, to, to, to propel that will be shifting consumer demand, which again is happening, but we're trying to continue to, to, to increase that shift sure. in sentiment, that increasing conscious consumerism. And then in order to do that, though, what you have to do is you have to make it as easy as possible yep. for as many people as possible to make the, the better choice, you know, to choose to give their money to the more ethical and sustainable brand more of the time. It's got to be super easy. Everybody is strapped for time and stuff is, you know, stuff's difficult. Like, look, you know, just the easier you make something, the more likely that's the action that's going to be taken. And so that that's behind everything that, that we do. Finally, I, you know, made the jump to quit my career and, and start done good. I actually talked with a buddy about it and um, we applied to the Harvard Innovation Lab, the, the, the university's incubator up there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we got into the program. So it was like, oh, well, now this thing that I've been thinking about for 10 Amazing. years or whatever. You got to build it now. <laughs> now, now we got to do it, you know. And, uh, but it was good because in that time, the social impact space had matured enough where, yeah. There was enough brands to make yeah. it work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. You had more choices and not just more brands, but I think brands who are increasingly understanding that they have to make a really good, cool product. Like I think 100%. You know, ethical fashion, you know, even maybe as recently as like 10 years ago, it just had this reputation that was like, you know, bunch yep. of burlap sacks, a yep. bunch of hippie stuff, granola stuff. And now like there's a wide range of brands making all kinds of fashion products for one to meet different stuff. And it's actually cool and fashionable and like, or if it's athletic gear, it actually is like high performance. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, yeah. And it expands even across fashion now. Right. I mean, well, I was going to say is that tons of, tons of stuff, anything on the shelf, yes. right? Anything totally. on the shelf essentially. Now I'd say some of our better selling stuff is even like, bed sheets and, mm -hmm, and kitchen mm -hmm. stuff and home goods and things like that. Because the, and that's been the really exciting, just even the last like five years since we've been doing this, like the, the space has expanded so that, yeah, you do, you have all kinds of businesses, candles and inflatable solar powered camping lights, you know, yeah. or like, I mean, shout um, out empowered, shout out empowered. Shout out empowered. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Which is a, a done good partner available on done good.com. <laughs> yeah. But like, but like really cool and interesting stuff that really does run the gamut. I mean, that's the thing we're trying to be like what Forbes called us, which is like the Amazon for social good, where we just are trying to just continue to add brands and products so that it really can be everything that you need to buy. And you know that you're money is supporting your beliefs and that the money you're spending is helping make the world better instead of worse, you know? Um, and I know, you know, we're not to where the space isn't to where it's like everything you need to buy. Like there's no uh, sure. ethical flat screen TV. Yet, you know what <laughs> I mean? You, know, you got to mine some rare earth minerals and stuff. And then, you know, it's, uh, Hey, I always tell Fairphone, man, Fairphone. they need to just start making the fair watch and the fair TV. They got that. They got the supply chain to do it, man. Well, so when I get over, they're based in Amsterdam. So when I get over there, that's I'm gonna, right. uh, I'm going to be going over there and talking to them about this. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great, man. I, I, I know, and, and that's what I mean. Like, it really is expanding into oh yeah, all these other all these other verticals, and it's uh, it's really cool to see. And then yeah, it means that we can add more kinds of products in different categories, so that we get closer to that yeah. that Amazon for social good, and it really does become you know, everything that, uh, that you want to buy. But yeah, even now, I mean, it's like food, coffee too. I mean, yeah. other, mm -hmm. all sorts of stuff that we do have on the site already. So we're, we're, uh, we, you know, we've got a lot of different kinds of brands and yeah, it's just really exciting that all these different kinds of brands, uh, 
exist. So yeah, man. Anyway, that's uh, you know five years ago we're doing the whole <laughs> lab, and we went through a lot of twists and turns. I mean, I don't know how much detail you want to get. Yeah, I mean, that, how but, how was you know. going through the the incubator? What did I, what was that process like? I mean, what was what obviously what did they come out of that? Was it a MVP? Was it an actual product or was it a roadmap to build a product? First a roadmap and figuring out, you know, so basically we had this idea that, you know, we're going to use consumer spending as a force for good and help people, you know, get the things they need to buy while also making the world better. But so what, when we started, the first model was more like a Yelp style app for local brick and mortar stores, you know, and, hmm. and it, in the greater Boston area. But for a number of reasons, I mean, I could I can go on that lane right, right. transition, but basically, you know, we, we learned a lot. We always try to be super user focused and what is actually, you know, helping people and what is actually, you know, something people are going to use. And I mean, just a couple quick, quickly, a couple of the problems with that Yelp style model, we realized that the use case for that is just so often like, well, I'm young on foot in a city, you know, I may be mm-hmm. using public transportation and I'm in this part of town and I'm looking for a place to get lunch right now. And so... Uh, or it's like my girlfriend or wife and I are going out on Friday night and we want to go to a nice Italian place. You know what I mean? It's like specific right. stuff or you and me are going to meet for coffee uh, for business, but it's going to be either near my office or yours or somewhere in between. And so that first Yelp style, we had 1200 businesses on the app in the greater Boston area, but you know, only some portion of those are restaurants. And then if you want mm-hmm. a nice Italian restaurant, like shit, man, I mean, we might have one, but it's in a different part of town that you're not interested in going to. You know what I mean? There's a lot of stuff like that. Or like, yeah, we got a couple really cool coffee shops that are composting everything in the place and paying good wages. I don't know, you know, are you going to suggest to your business, you know, meeting person that uh, you don't know super well, <laughs> right, that right? That you both right, should go right. five miles in the opposite directions to meet. Right. These people aren't doing that. Plus, it was um, going to be really hard to scale. Like it was a lot of work just to get the businesses mapped in Boston, you know, and, totally. um, and there just wasn't enough impact, like to get to those 1200 businesses, we had to put any business on the app that had one of our eight sort of criteria, yeah, yeah. badges, right? So that would mean some are paying living wages and empowering workers. Some are super eco-friendly, but some are just locally owned or some are just right. selling organic products or some right. are, you know what I mean? And like, I tell you, I mean, the whole buy local thing, I have mixed feelings about it because we would just run into a lot of locally owned businesses that are still paying minimum wage, using styrofoam, not recycling. Mm-hmm. We, had, mm-hmm. we had one guy mm-hmm. say, I hope you fail. He's a florist who flies his flowers in from China every morning. You know what I mean? It's unbelievable. Like, where people are getting paid low. So it's like local. I mean, yeah, that guy lives here, but those flowers aren't local. The people right. picking the flowers aren't local. They're being paid a terrible wage. And the environmental impact of flying those flowers across yeah, the ocean. unreal. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, well, buy local. I don't know, man. I'd rather get some ethical flowers from another town over. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And so that was the thing, too. We said, you know, a lot of these businesses, now we're asking people to walk two miles out of the way. And if we're not even that cool of a business, and you know, it's not even the kind of businesses we really like, we're excited about ourselves. Like I wouldn't walk the extra two miles, you know what I'm saying? I'm right. the founder of the company. So we said, you know, we, we've got to do something different. And that's when we, we pivoted to, to more e-commerce because then we could really work with like the cream of the crop brands who are killing yep. it on worker issues and environmental issues and investing in communities and do, you know, that are true mission driven social enterprises across the board because 
you know, then uh, we can work with companies across the country. We don't have to scale up city by city. And then, you know, we said, well, what's the environmental impact of e-commerce versus local? Like I tell you, we did a lot of research on that. And actually, e-commerce is often a lower environmental impact because, you know, again, you go to that, you go to that small boutique clothing shop. Well, they still had the product shipped in from somewhere to get to their shop, you know, yeah, and the 100%. cotton was grown in some other country and the factory is grown in some other country. By the time you ship all the stuff through the supply chain around yep. the world, yep. then ship it to that store. Plus the big thing is if you drive your car to that store, that's actually the biggest part of the environmental footprint in all of that supply chain, making that product, you driving your car mm-hmm. is the mm-hmm. biggest portion of that, that, of that whole shopping experience to get to you for, to get from the farm to the factory, to your house. If you drove your car there, that's that's the number one environmental impact. So if you get it ordered to your house, a lot of times it's uh, similar or uh, lower environmental impact to to order online. Uh, and and now we uh, we actually offset all the carbon emissions of all of the of having the package shipped to your house too. So we take we make sure that part of it's carbon neutral. So I think it's actually in in many cases more environmentally friendly than it is to shop local. Now, if it was you know the cotton farm was in your town and the factory was in your town. And the shops in your right, and you walked there. Okay, that would be more environmentally friendly, but that's just <laughs> usually not how it goes, you know. Yeah, so we took a look at all that, and we said, no, this actually is going to be more impactful. We can work with true social enterprises, and instead of asking people to walk two miles out of their way, they're at their laptop and or on their phone, and we're just you know asking them to move their mouse or their thumb a few inches to the right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's when it comes to like when you really want to affect behavior change, you've got to ask for easy behavior change to get more of it, like we were talking about, right? So we also thought we could be more successful because the companies we're working with have better impact and the 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 behavior change we're asking from users is not to go two miles, but to go a couple inches. How many brands are now on the platform? Roughly we have we have ninety some on our on our site, on our marketplace site. We have uh, affiliate partnerships with you know, over like a hundred more. So, I mean, 200 some in our network mm-hmm. all together, but we did, we, we um, launched a new marketplace site with a new system before. So that was this part of the journey, I guess, right? We, so we pivoted from the app, the Yelp style app. First thing we built for e-commerce was our Chrome plugin, which we still loved it. No, it's, it's, that's how I found out about you guys. I remember right. that. It was awesome. Yeah. And that's, that's interesting. I mean, that's uh, for people who don't know, you know, that's like, you get that once on the Google Chrome store, you know, and you got it on your laptop. And then anytime that you're on Amazon or you're searching for products on Google mm-hmm. or you go to other big name retailer sites, it'll show the ethical alternative brand that uh, that has what you're looking for along the side of your screen. So again, we're just asking you to move your mouse a few inches to the right. And so yeah, for that we have like we have like two hundred some brands on the on the plugin ecosystem. You know, sometime later did launch our own e-commerce site, but there basically like a referral site you could yep. kind of like a product search engine you could search for the products check out the products but then when you went to to buy the product you'd click and and you'd buy it on our partner brand site which was good for us to start with because it was um, easier for us to execute and less time intensive and very easy for our partner brands but from a user experience perspective if mm-hmm. you want to buy three things from three right. of our brands now you got to go to three different websites and check out three different times well that's a drag man you know what i mean like again if, sure. if everything sure. we're trying to do is to make it as easy as possible for people to engage in the the behavior change and as easy as possible to choose the more ethical and, and eco-friendly brand you know we, we well we got to take away that source of friction so then we have recently transitioned to our new marketplace site that is truly more like an amazon for social good because you can you know like normal, fill up your cart with three, four or five products 
And then yep. you just check out on our site, all the information saved, just a couple of clicks, right? So just that, that's been the evolution is like always trying to make it as easy as possible for people. Cause I think that's, that's the key, you know, in the space to get, to get, like I said, more people to make the, make the choice to support uh, social impact brands more of the time then, uh, you know, yeah, that, that's key. Reduce the friction, make it super easy, make it super convenient, make it as, um, take as, take as little of people's time as mm-hmm. possible mm-hmm. because we're all, like I said, we're all busy or we all think we are. We're all, you know, <laughs> like we, we just, we value our time a lot, you know? And so quicker, easier you make it, you know, the, the better, better things are going to be. And I love the, not the transitions and, and not necessarily the pivots, but just the maturity of starting with, you know, a plugin, right? Step one, then, creating well, the Yelp app first well, the, we yeah, that, that, but yeah 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 the, the Yelp app the Yelp yeah. app first and then figuring out that that obviously wasn't the the, the scale of a route right yeah. so then yeah. the Chrome plugin which to me was you know when I saw it I was like this is this is amazing like this is a, a tiny game changer that enhances the movement a little bit right yep and we go to the affiliate marketplace which is you're able to build that infrastructure a lot quicker where you don't have you don't own the checkout part of it you know that's a whole nother step you have to do and now finally transitioning into an actual total ecosystem where the consumer pays through you right and then they are sort of have that easy access where they know they can go to one place and and get their products now that they're not getting emails from 50 brands right from 50 separate places that's the other thing right exactly it's it's huge to have that one that one area where you could go to, to get everything. So I think, look, man, the maturity of the company is just, it's just, uh, it's in a great, great spot, I think. Thanks, man. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's, it has been a, a journey, man. It's, and it's always trying to, you know, learn from our, learn from our users and find out, you know, the pain points that first they have in their lives, you know, but as they're trying yeah. to look for these kind of companies, but then with us, you know, I mean, that's the next, right? Like, uh, and, and how do we continually reduce those pain points and how do we continue to, uh, yeah, just to make it easier. People, people want to do the right thing, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think in this space, yeah. a lot of times, you know, I hear people sometimes talk about like, man, I wish like more people cared more. And I'm like, man, a lot of people care an awful lot. It's incumbent, incumbent on us, right? Like when do you get action? You get action when the level of care is equal to or outweighs the burden of taking action. Right. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, you could say, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, people should care more and take more time and effort and do more work. Or I think it's incumbent on us in this space to actually make things easier so that the, the burden of acting matches their level of care. So trying to up their, you know, get them to say, yeah, you should be sacrificing a lot and spending a ton of time and effort because this is worth it. Like, yeah, sure. I mean, but also, well, let's just make it easier. You know, yeah. We just got to keep making it easier all the time. So this is, and this is also coming out of the, the incubator, you know, you, you have to start this thing, right? And yeah, what was the process of, of going out and raising money? Like, did you have a, did you have a product already out when you raised like a first small round? Like, I think a, a lot of times it's, especially for the social entrepreneurship realm, it's a bit hard to talk to investors, right? Because it, it's, it's not, it's not the traditional sort of, of company model, right? You know, it's like, yeah. oh wait, you're giving away some of your margin, right? right, giving right, right. Away some of your so how was it early on, like talking to investors, right? And raising money, was that very, very difficult? Or did you just, the plan was so sick and like the, the vision was so good that <laughs> was it was it not as hard as you thought it would be? <laughs> uh, no, 
not, it was not the latter. Um, no, I think that's really interesting too. And the social impact investment space has matured some too. So I think, right. Yeah. Social impact. There always, there's, yeah, there's, there's pros and cons, right? Like, yeah, the cons are the, uh, well, the pros are like, you know, I think it's, it's easier to attract talent because I mean, last time we filled a position, I mean, we're still a pretty small team and, um, but like last time we filled a position, like, man, we just had like hundreds of applicants and we, you know, That's um, great. didn't spend money advertising or whatever, because like people want to do mission driven work, you know, uh, mm-hmm. they want to have perfect, like, you know, we, we just are increasingly realize that like where we work is like, th- I mean, that it's synonymous for how I'm going to choose to spend the majority of my time on earth. It's a big you know? decision, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so like more people realize like, yeah, no, it's like, I, I don't think all of this, right. Like the social impact space, all of it is the, the breaking down of the brick wall that used to exist between like the, the sort of nonprofit and non-economic part right. of our lives. And then the economic for-profit part of our lives. Right. It used to just be like nonprofits do good businesses, maximize profit. And mm-hmm. We volunteer for causes we believe in in our free time and we donate our money, but where we're going to work is where we can make the most money and just do whatever job and we're going to buy the cheapest thing. It was like somehow in the economic part of our lives, which is like, I think the most impactful part of our lives, like then it, it's like, well, you don't have to be moral in that realm because that's business. You know what I mean? Right. And, and so wall, weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that, I think that wall is crumbling down more and more where people are saying, wait a minute. I think businesses do have a huge impact on the world. And if we're going to solve problems like climate change and global poverty, we've got to change how businesses are doing business. And also then that means, yeah, I should give my money to those businesses instead of just buying the cheapest, fastest thing or whatever. And though people, you know, realizing like, yeah, where do I want to spend my time? What am I working toward? Like I can get a paycheck, but man, like what, what is the output? What is, what is really the impact I'm having with my time and my, my effort? So yeah, I think, you know, uh, social impact brands have those kinds of advantages, you know, and even like with consumers, you have somewhat of an advantage because, you know, people want to spend their money and support good things. At the same time, you got disadvantages, like sometimes the products cost more because, you know, doing things in a responsible way, some, you know, paying people higher wages, like yeah. you know, that, that can cost more. And sure. um, yeah, and then raising money. I mean, look, if you're raising with traditional investors, well, what do they want? They want a 10x return in three to five years and, you know, like something with what we're doing it's not something that has made a large number of people's um, lives way easier or made products way cheaper. Like, you know what I mean? We mm-hmm. haven't invented yeah. a new invention that is going to help people to do whatever, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it ain't Uber. It ain't you right. know, like right. Right. something that is even necessarily just like, Oh, easy. And you know, you're making huge margins and Oh my God, this is just going to ex- a term that's used in the investment world, you know, extract money from people's wallets. You know I mean? That's really how they talk about it. You know, this is like saying, hey, you know, we're trying to make it as easy as possible, but for like a little bit of behavior change, uh, yeah. you know, you can support something that's better, better for the for the world. And so it's not a, you know, super quick, easy, you know, slam dunk, like everyone's going to make money hand over fist and get super rich at it. You know, I, I, I do just always want to say as much as like, I, I also do think we're making people's lives better in that these products, ethically made products also do, I always sort of remind people this tend to be higher quality too mm-hmm. because stuff yep. that's like handmade with care by an artisan you know what i mean like who's being paid a good wage does t- tend to uh, be more high quality than stuff that's mass produced in some giant factory overseas or whatever i mean there's a reason 
that uh, the fast fashion is making four times as much uh, many articles of clothing than they were in the 90s. It's because they all hmm. have us buying more stuff. And so yeah. I do always want to tell people when they weigh that cost benefit and they say, oh, well, geez, this ethically made thing costs more. Yeah, but you're going to have it for five years and you're going to love it as opposed right. to like this yeah. $10 thing you got at H&M that they have built on purpose to wear out quickly and to go yeah. out of style quickly to keep you on that consumption hamster wheel of buying more shit. So I do yeah. always just want to leave that plug that I do think you're, you know, you can all often save money in the long run. Like buying the cheaper thing isn't always the best deal. If you have to buy more of it over time, you know what 100%. I'm saying? Yeah. So anyway, that all said, but you asked me about talking to investors. So I should get back to your actual question. <laughs> but, but so, I mean, it was, um, you know, I think then, but then there are impact investors who are going to, you know, be more ready to invest based on your mission. But like, I mean, it's weird, man. I mean, there's impact investors are not a monolith. There's, there's impact investors who still want to make that 10 extra turn in three to five years. Right. They just want to have invested it in, you yeah. know, green technology or whatever. Sure. Yeah. But yeah. they still want that same return and, you know, you ain't going to get it. Uh, and then others who, are more impact focused, you know, the impact wing of impact investing. Like we've got some of those too, who are like, we've got this one fund, uh, Boston impact initiative, who's involved where they're like over the, over the breadth of their portfolio there. I mean, they're trying to make a 4% return. Like they're really trying to keep as much money. I, I met, uh, one of the principals of that organization, she was at an impact investor conference telling the rest of those impact investors that if they're trying to make traditional 10 X returns, they're extracting capital from impact and they mm -hmm. should be trying to make lower returns. I was like, I like this. Woman. I like, <laughs> yes, this, she gets it. She right. gets it. Yeah, exactly. totally, totally. So, you know, you're talking to uh, just that whole wide spectrum of impact investors and, and yeah, man, I mean, it's, you know, I, I look, we've raised, we raised money at various steps of the way. We, we raised some money off of the Yelp. We still built the product. We built the Yelp, the, the Yelp app and we raised um, a few hundred grand, you know, after building that and, you know, demonstrating that it, there was getting, it was getting some usage in, in the Boston area. Right. Um, then we pivoted to the, to the plugin and that got us a ton of national press. Uh, Cause you know, it's an interesting, I think it's an interesting, cool yeah, thing. Absolutely. And so we raised some more money then, and then we launched the website and we raised some more money then. So we've been, you know, we've been raising in tranches kind of over time as we go. We also, you know, though, like, I mean, as, as we've gone on, I mean, and this is where, you know, I think people get in this, like kind of this mindset, like, well, there's a well-worn path, you know, you, you know, well, you raise your 500 grand mm -hmm. uh, seed and then for pre-seed and then right. you raise right. 2 million seed and then you raise your 5 million series A and then your 10 million series B. And like, that's the right fit for every business. And the longer I've done this too, I, I tell people to really think about whether that is the right path for them and whether raising money at all is the right thing. Like you don't have to raise money uh, at all. Uh, some business, in fact, some businesses aren't necessarily like that hockey stick growth type of thing where they're, right. you know, going to yield a bigger turn on equity investment. And so, you know, it's like most, really most businesses aren't like that. most businesses aren't. And and I'd say a lot of impact businesses aren't, you of know, course. yeah. Um, sure. And so, you know, some of it is like, what can we, you know, do you start it as a lifestyle business and say, Hey man, yeah, like this isn't going to be a thing that extracts money from wallets. and isn't going to become a $1 billion thing or it might, you know, might not, I don't know, look, but like, if it starts to take off like that organically, then we can raise the money as opposed to right. raising it up front, you know? Um, and if it doesn't, then don't, don't take on that investment and that, uh, uh, you know, just keep it as a business, run it as a business, man. You know, like a thing that actually like is profitable and makes money. And that, that is, that can be good and okay. And then can still grow. And then, like I said, if you get to that point where 
you are like, holy cow, now if we had an infusion of capital, now we've figured right. things out. And if we have right. that infusion of capital, we can we can grow. So I just encourage people to really think through that because I think once you get, especially if you get into like an incubator type environment, even mm-hmm. if it's like at, at Harvard, which is more education focused rather than trying to create the next, you know, yep. the next unicorn or whatever. Even there though, you know, there is just sort of that herd the herd mentality that's like, yeah, well, this is what you do. And then you go out and you raise your money and any of these other companies are like, raises that you're working with, oh, they raise some money. And so then it's like, well, damn, man, like they're moving along and they're doing well. Now we got to raise money too, you know, right? Like, it's just, that's not the reason to raise money. The reason to raise money is we've got a core of a good business here and we can, we can scale it. Well, although I will say, you know what, now just to contradict myself, there is another school of thinking though. That's like, yeah, but if you can get someone to give you $2 million up front, you might be able to reach that success point. Of you course. know, whereas if you don't, and then you don't, you know, like um, that, yeah, that, the, the, the tough thing with that is, is that that's a lot of pressure. And if your vision doesn't come to fruition, it's going to be hard for you to ever really. Yeah. You're go you're out on the clock. That's yeah, the thing. Once you raise that money, yeah. then you've got X runway and you've got to raise another round or become profitable by the end of that runway or it's lights out. And so that and then is you just thing. become that's like, like a, then you almost become like a nonprofit. You're just yeah. always raising money. And it's right. like, well, if that's your main focus, then who's focusing right. on like the actually business. operation of the business. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Just, yeah. uh, well, and raising that next round does get increasingly hard because with each successive round, it's less about, you know, your story and your ability to, you know, tell sure. a story about why you'll have a good business. And it's a little bit more about like, yeah, but have you done that? Have the execution, right. Totally, you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I, I encourage people to think about that. Like, you know, running a business that, that, you know, you grow organically and bootstrap is a great way to go, uh, especially an impact. And, you know, you're coming from a guy who has raised, raised money, but, you know, but yeah, it's just, it's just about, you know, we haven't followed that traditional path though either, right? Like we've raised the rounds when we've, when we've needed to raise the rounds, when we thought that that round could get us to a new, mm-hmm. a new place. Mm-hmm. Yep. And not trying to just raise a bunch of money just because, you know. So, and, I, and I know we, I want to touch on it just for a quick, a quick second here, because I know you did a raise through, through equity crowdfunding, right? Yeah. Which, which enables sort of this, this idea to kind of raise when you want to, right? And when you sort of need to, yep. what was your, I know we had talked about it before, but for everybody else, what was your experience like with that? I, I know it's becoming a little bit more famous now of this is a possibility yep. for, for startups, especially in the impact space to kind of go out and raise from people, right? Not investors. Yep. In some cases, some some people are investors, but a lot of people are, especially you have customers, man. I tell people all the time, it's, it's going to be easier to raise from your customers than it is from people you don't know. Yeah. You know, and so how was that experience with, with sort of doing the equity raise? Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, overall, I, I you know, I, I think it is a, um, it's a positive development just, you know, in, in the world, not, not just for impact, but hundred percent, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, we just had these arcane rules in place that said, unless yep. you're an accredited investor, yeah. you, know, you can't really make equity investments in startups. So that meant you, know, you either had to make over $200,000 a year or your net worth, not including your house was over a million dollars. Yep. So it precluded a lot of people from participating. Yeah. And then you generally would have to raise, you know, whatever, even in your earlier angel rounds, people writing 25 or $50,000 checks or whatever. So like, yeah, not everybody can afford to hand that over to a startup, you know? So yeah, then you're, you know, you're going around talking to a bunch of rich people, you know? Um, and, and in terms of more diversity in startup founders and, you know, more opportunities for uh, companies that are person of color led or women led, I mean, I would get it. Like I'd go around, you know, as a, as a white guy, but I'd look around and I'd say, man, yeah, like a lot of the people with this money who are investing in startups, 
there, there are a bunch, you know, ten older white guys yeah. in a lot of the rooms I would go visit, you know what sure. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, equity, equity crowdfunding, you know, opens up. Plus, yeah, then the other thing was like, well, so wait, you can give a company money on Kickstarter, but you can't own share. You can't give them the right. money and then get shares in return. Like it's a little ludicrous, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, we got on and it was a, the, the platform we were on was, you know, $500 minimum. And uh, uh, so people could invest with 500 bucks, which, you know, for a lot of people still ain't nothing, you know, but it's like sure, a lot different sure. than 25 grand or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And especially I think it is different. We're a consumer facing business. So we did have a lot of consumers, a lot of passionate fans who, yep. who would make that investment. I think if you're not, B to C, if you know if you're B to B and you have less of a consumer, yeah, yeah, you know, a little funny because we did, I think, raise a, a good portion. Now, that said, we still raised, we also raised a good portion from the crowdfunding platform's existing pool of investors who like yep. to go out there and invest yep. in different companies, you know? absolutely. So it was, it was a mix. Um, I think, I think we did like 40% from our users and 60% from them or whatever. That's and, pretty, uh, still pretty good, man. Yeah, and in 45 days, you know, we raised like 350 grand. And at the same time, I also was raising offline from traditional angel investors. Mm-hmm. And it was roughly about another 350 grand. Yeah. Now those platforms do take, they take their fees, man. You know? Oh yeah, um, man. Yeah. They ha- I mean, it's, I mean, so it's seven and a half percent of the cash you raise goes to the platform mm-hmm. plus 5% of that amount in equity. So they're, you know, now they're on your cap table and they own shares or whatever. But yep. the good thing is all those other investors are rolled up so that you do it's have just one, one, yeah. one entity yeah. on yeah. your cap it's, table. It's a clean so, cap table. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Otherwise, you know, I've got, you know, again, I can't remember how many investors, but you know, hundreds. <laughs> hundreds. Of investors. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, I mean, at 500 bucks a pop, I mean, some would get more. I mean, we'd raise five, 10, 20 grand, uh, you know, from some people. I think one, one guy came in at, at 50 you know wow um, yeah unbelievable, man. yeah through the platform you know yeah unbelievable uh, man unbelievable so it's really really great yeah but so uh yeah no overall it was good i mean we do um so as not to talk bad about people i guess we didn't we didn't i'll, I'll say it in a positive instead we we didn't have a, a great experience with the the company the platform that we worked with uh-huh. we, we so i i don't know i guess i could say who, who it is but it's i'll just say we recommend we funder now we didn't work yeah. with them but yeah. they're they're now a certified b corp so especially for the impact space i would check them out first their fees are are lower they weren't a certified b corp at the time so at the time we were like well let's we'll just go with the biggest one because sure. the, the biggest audience and the more chance to have it be a yep. successful raise you know and we can drive our followers to any platform so what's the difference yep. i don't know yep. you know we kind of just yep. then shortly after that we funder became a b corp and i actually met some of the people there at the b corp um, national retreat and their fees were a little bit lower and i was like oh man you know we, 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 we should we, yeah. we do it yeah. again we'll do a we funder so i'll yeah. plug them just because look they've they've taken the step of becoming a certified b corp so they're you know social impact business themselves so i i think if people are looking into that one i one i definitely think people should you know i recommend it people should look into it absolutely and, and um recommend we funder if you do so let's talk a little bit about better days because you guys have mm-hmm. looked at prime i think looked at prime day and say hey i think we can make an alternative to it Right. right. Is that essentially the yeah. the, the case for well, it? Well, if we're if we're the Amazon for social good, you know, Amazon's got Prime Day. We said last year, we said, hey, well, we should have the, you know, the social impact alternative to Prime Day. And so we started Better Days uh, because, you know, you can, it's still the same principle. You know, you get, we get a bunch of social impact brands. This year, I think we got like 40 some, 45 or so. Uh, we're That's all going to be offering really great discounts. That's great, uh, Yeah. And so, you know, it's like, look, just like Prime Day, you can still get a better deal, but you're also 
creating better days, you know, for people on the planet with your purchase. So that's one reason we call it better days. The other, just because it's better than Prime Day. They got Prime Day. <laughs> days, you know? Is this gonna? So is this gonna run well, parallel to? Well, the weird, though, the weird thing is, cause you know, cause COVID, uh, like so many things mm. this year. Usually Prime Day is in July. So last year we started it. You know, we thought of it like a week before. You know what I mean? We're like, hey, we should have. Sure. You know, so like we we pulled something together really quickly. You know, this year we got more lead time and we planned it well. I think we, you know, uh, it's gonna be a lot lot better. And, easier to use and all this because always we're like how do we make it easier to find these deals yep. on our site you know yeah so um but then yeah you know july rolled around and amazon because it's usually in july um yep. so july rolled around though and amazon yeah they were still selling just you know thermometers and yeah sanitary wipes and hand sanitizer and face masks and shit and which we also do have on our site now too if you're looking for your new <laughs> face mask or hand sanitizer um but it's ethically and ethically made and eco-friendly. So uh, if I can do just a little shameless plug there. Hell yeah, all the time, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. But so, uh, yeah, in July, they're like, no, we're not going to do it. We're going to delay it. So they kept delaying it, kept delaying it. And, and now apparently they say, they said it was likely in Q4. And so everyone said, well, it's probably in October. And now I think they've said likely the first week of October. But but, but as they were getting together, you know, finally at some point in August, we said, you know what? We're just going to, who cares what Amazon's doing? We're going to plan yeah. ours for the last week of September. So September 28th through September 30th on donegood.co, donegood.co on our site. We got these, you know, 40 some of our partner brands offering really great discounts. And yeah, just for those three days, 28th through the 30th, which I think is also one day longer. Usually Prime Day started as one day then they've expanded to two days. We're like, well, yep. we'll do, then we'll do three. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I mean, Amazon still hasn't said for sure. They keep saying like October, maybe early October, but like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Last year we ran it right on the, on the same days, you know, this year we just said, well, look, we'll do it at the end of September. And if they run it sometime in October, that's fine. Everyone will have come and got everything they needed from done good first, you know? And uh and not need to not need to go to Amazon. Yeah, I don't know. Usually it's it's the same time. Or I don't know. It was only the second annual. Last year was the same time. This year, who knows if they're even doing it for sure. So ours are anyway. Better days is September. So do you, do you think that you think that'll go? It'll keep going. Yeah, you, yeah. I know we plan this? to make it a plan to make it an annual thing. You know, it's a it's a cool thing that people really liked last year. And and that's the thing, man. You know, like when we talk about uh, you know we talk about making it easier for people the other thing is trying to make ethical more affordable wherever we can you know, it, we, it, we, it, you, know. you have to do it man yeah i yeah. think the the, bar- the i think what the beautiful thing about this is that it, it'll get new customers in right? yeah. that's 25 30% off whatever it may be 40 40 yeah, 40 i mean that's going <laughs> to that's going to really allow people to kind of you know, open their wallet, right? And, and, and really, um, and really get into the game and kind of understand it. And maybe it'll introduce them to a brand and they'll read about it and kind of understand why it might cost $20 more. Right. But look, look what happens when you do so. Well, yeah. And now look this week when it's 40, you know, September 28th through 30th, when it's 40% off, now you can get it for the same price as that unethically made thing anyway. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, try that out. You know, it helps people get to know us, helps people get to know these brands, helps people get to know, the conscious consumer movement, you know, and, and that's a big thing that we've learned. I mean, conscious consumer is not a monolith either, right? There's just a whole spectrum of people who to varying degrees want to do the right thing and want to spend their time doing things that are impactful, want to spend their money on things that are impactful. And also, like I said, you know, strap for time, but also people are on budgets, you know, that's just the reality. Like a lot of the people who use done good, we found through our research, like we got a lot of people who work for nonprofits or work for mm-hmm. social enterprises mm-hmm. or 
are teachers or nurses. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, not exceedingly wealthy. Like we're choosing to do things that are good for the world. So I mean, sometimes that means it's not getting as rich, you know? Yeah. And uh, so like, it just is, people just do have budgets, constraints on their time and constraints on their money. And I think those of us in this space have to be realistic about that, right? It can't just be like, hey, this is good for the world. We have to say, no, look, mm-hmm. it's good for the world. And it's higher quality. So it is better for you in the long run. And we made it super easy to find and super quick to use. And we're working with these companies to provide discounts to help make it as affordable as possible and fit in your budget as best we can. Now we're talking. You know what I mean? Now you're finally yeah. getting somewhere. No, yeah, yeah. Like, like conscious consumers are still looking at all, they still have all the same factors in their purchasing decisions that every other regular consumer has. So if you're trying to sell you know, ethical fashion, you're trying to sell someone a shirt, people are still going to look and they have to say, does the shirt fit? What's mm-hmm. the return policy on the shirt? Mm-hmm. Is that shirt within my budget? And, and speaking of budget, we have found that conscious consumers will spend more, maybe like, not even like percentages more, maybe double or triple, uh-huh. as long as it's within their, their floor and their ceiling of what they'll spend, right? So I mean, when I mean by the floor, as we talk to our users, yeah, when they see a $10 thing at H&M they're like you, you see a hoodie for 10 bucks and you're mm-hmm. like that something terrible was done to make that <laughs> they, they instinctively understand that like yeah. that company's right. probably still making a profit or at least not losing money on that hoodie mm-hmm. and so that means somebody got paid you know a nickel an hour or whatever right yeah. and the environmental yeah. impact so they don't want anything that approaches that floor and that's too cheap right yep at the same time they might know that they can get that hoodie for 24 dollars at H&M but they'll still spend 60 bucks to get it from, from our site. But what they won't do, you know, which is like, so they'll pay over double because they, they know that that it was made with you know, living wages and organic materials and in a zero waste facility. And like a company that really is trying to, trying to do good for the world and make their business work. So yeah, they'll, they'll pay for that. And then, you know, like I said, higher quality lasts longer, better, better for them too, stuff like that. So they'll pay more, but what they won't do is they won't spend over their ceiling, right? Like they won't spend, a hundred bucks on any hoodie because no hoodie just is worth it to them. They'd rather do something else with that hundred dollars. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you just have to, you have to, so you have to recognize those realities that, that everybody is trying to check the boxes. Is it, does it fit? What's the return policy? Is it my budget? Is it my style? Is it cool? Do I think it's cool? Like people aren't going to wear something they don't think is cool. They just won't buy it. They might not buy the unethical thing. They just won't buy anything then until they find an ethical thing somewhere at some point later. And um, all of those things, will I get it in time by the time I need it? Right, you know, right, right. All those things are still there. Plus I want it to be environmentally responsible and socially responsible. And so you just have extra boxes to check, but you still got to check all those other boxes. And I think we have to be realistic about that. We can't just say, well, this is more ethical. Yeah. And why is it better quality? Ooh, and why is it in my budget? And why is it cool? And why is it comfortable? And what's your return policy? You know, you still got to, you still got to do all that. But, I, but I, I think that consumers can also take maybe a step back and say, look, like nothing's going to be perfect. Right. Yes. I mean, we're, we're not at that point yet. We're still so young and all of this that like read about the brand itself. Right. Like just like, is the story like amazing? Is the, do you relate with the founder? Right. Like, you, you almost buy it to support what they're doing too sometimes. And also yes. that like, look, yeah, maybe it's not like all around from, from the entire ecosystem of, of it being made to like, I'm sure there's some boxes you might ch- can't check off. Right. But like nothing's going to be up to the par like that quite yet. Right. So well, it's like, and there's still incredible things that you can be done. Even if you don't check all those boxes, it doesn't mean you're not doing incredible things. Well, yeah. And if you're, if you're talking about checking those boxes on social impact, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. What, what are even all the boxes? There are a million infinite boxes that could be checked. And that's something like when we first get into this, we thought like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll give every company a score. 
on all these different categories and like an yeah. overall done good score, you know, an algorithm, an equation. We're like, man, what's, so what gets a better environmental score? <clears throat> like this one company that's like making their stuff out of like organic eucalyptus and in a zero waste facility that's run on clean energy and water recycling mm-hmm. and all this, mm-hmm. or this really little company that's like a few people that are like hand making dog collars out of cowboy boots, you know what I mean? <laughs> like upcycle out of old stuff. So they're, they're taking yeah. waste out of the waste stream and the only carbon footprint is the lights that are on, you know, at their house while they're making it. Like which, yeah. so which one gets environmental, better environmental score? We're like, man, we can't do that. We're just going to tell the stories of the brands and let mm-hmm. people decide. But so that being said, no, I think we're, you know, to check all the boxes, but, but I think all the brands on done good, we are very confident are, mm-hmm very substantially better than the big name counterparts in their industry on environment on you know on people and planet issues that's environment and worker issues they are they are crushing it overall whether it's all the boxes checking all the boxes or whatever but what i'm talking about checking boxes too i'm talking about for the consumer that needs to check their boxes like yeah yeah we want you know people to to buy these products and support these brands because they're amazing good for the world they got amazing stories amazing people behind them and yeah like we as the world we need businesses like these to be successful because that's what's going to change the paradigm and save the world honestly i just believe it that's why i quit my career to do all I, this listen right i i i always say that unfortunately you know our consumer dollars are, are worth much more than our vote is Yes, you know, and that's, that's just true. how that's just how yes. we are set up right now. Which is why I quit politics to do this. To get the <laughs> yeah, that, you know, you're a per- you are the perfect example. Yeah. Well, he's a, he's but but so example. but that what I'm saying is we can't expect consumers to make the more ethical, and sustainable choice just because it's more ethical and sustainable. Yeah, I agree. The product has to the be got legit. Yes, yes. The, the yes. product we got to help check their other boxes. It's cool yeah. and it's comfortable and it's in their budget. And, you know, all, all of that stuff. Like, so I, um, I had a mentor who, uh, at the Harvard iLab who said, you know, there's a lot of businesses who want to be the social impact blank. Like yep. we tried, started, we started out the social impact Yelp. Now we're the social impact <laughs> Amazon, you know, but she said, whatever that blank is, you still got to be really good at, at the blank. Like if you're going to yeah. be a social impact Yelp, is your app as user friendly? Yeah, you can't Yelp? just say it. You can't just say it. You know, well, you gotta... yeah, it's like, you know, it, then your app needs to be as, as user friendly as Yelp. It helps solve yep. that use case as good as Yelp or better. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you'll get people using it just because it's a good app and also creating social impact. You know, right now, that's why everything we do is to try to make as easy and seamless shopping experience as possible. If we're going to be social impact Amazon, we got to be, try to be as, as easy to shop on as Amazon or easy, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and then, and whatever social impact kind of thing, if you don't, if you're making, you're making hoodies, make a damn good hoodie, man. Make a damn like, good hoodie, comfortable, man. cool looking, you know, affordable, like as affordable as you can. Again, people will pay more. They're just not going to pay above their ceiling, but yeah, man, like whatever you are, whatever that blank is, we're filling the blank, the social impact of blank got to be awesome at the blank. And I think as a, as a, you know, the whole movement has, has come to understand that more in the last 10 years, maybe the last five years. And you got more people that are like making really good products, not just how it was in like 2006 yep. when like the few ethical fashion brands where everybody thought, yeah, it was like hippie stuff, burlap mm-hmm. sacks, skirt, mm-hmm. all this stuff, yeah, you know, not comfortable, not good, not cool, not fashionable, ethical fashion that ain't fashionable. You know what I mean? Right. So right, like right, right. now more people are like, yeah, really making, Really great product. High Being quality. Good at, stuff, good at the yeah. blank. High quality. Cool. You know, and just good on its own right. And also, yep. and also doing good for the world. And that's, wanna, and that's the key. That's when the space really grows. I want to chat a little bit. We can, we can end on this too, is a little bit about what do you see from the consumer standpoint? Like one is it, is it mostly women that gravitate toward done good, right? What, what are the purchase 
purchasing trends that you're seeing? Like right now, obviously you said mask and, and sort of the, the sort of things around COVID right now, but maybe even before that happened, was there certain trends that you see uh, like people like liking and gravitate toward to more than other products in the social space? Well, yeah, like I said, right now, everything's different because COVID. Yep. Uh, so we're selling a lot of, you know, mm-hmm. look, whatever we sell is whatever our partner brands sell, right? Sure. And so yeah. but a lot of the, a lot of the uh, apparel companies uh, that we work with transition to making face masks. So we're, yeah, we're selling a lot of face masks, you know? Um, well, I mean, Fortunately, unfortunately, unfortunately, that we all have to wear them. But fortunately, I'm glad you know people are buying them and wearing them. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. So yeah. We need to wear, wear the damn mask. Get, get get us through all this. But uh, so yeah, I mean, we've been selling that hand sanitizer, things like that. Home goods. Home goods is actually like the the fastest growing segment in e-commerce generally. At least it mm-hmm. has been over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and we see the same thing on our site. Like we're we sell a lot of bed sheets and uh, comforters, you know, like bed and, uh, and bath uh, towels and um, kitchen supplies and things like that now. And I think that maybe because like um, those take fewer boxes to check, right? Like you don't have to worry as much that your bed sheets are cool looking. Like, I don't know, they're, they're like, they're white or they're gray or they're blue. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And in terms of like, well, will it fit right? You know, look, it's queen size. Yeah, they fit it's on just the measurement. Yeah. Queen size. Yeah. It's, yeah, they fit on the queen size bed. So like, I, I think, you know, like when it has those fewer fewer factors you're, you're taking away boxes that people need to check yeah. well now i don't have to worry about style and fit anymore so yeah. now i can make it's easier for me to make the more ethical and sustainable choice because i've not you know fewer things to worry about right so yeah we see a lot of a lot of that we still do a lot of a lot of fashion a lot of clothing we've been during COVID times we've been trying to stock more like coffee and things like that because we had seen during COVID times that like you know, some of the more discretionary spends, like a, you know, a, a nice sweater or something, you know, right, that right. has gone, that's gone down a little bit here recently. But yeah, overall, I mean, more, you know, pre, pre-COVID, I think, you know, a, a trend in terms of, you know, products, it was just the, the home goods, both in terms of, I mean, it's rising on our site, it's rising on e-commerce. And I think it's like we were talking about earlier, it's expanded, uh, just the, the, the ethical uh, business, the social impact business space has expanded beyond fashion into home goods uh, in particular, as well as, you know, a lot of other products. So, so I think that's, those are some of the trends. And then in terms of, yeah, demographics, yeah, women tend to visit our site and, and buy from us more. Uh, so guys, you know, we got, uh, you, we got some catching up to do, you know, in terms of <laughs> making our spending more ethical and sustainable, you know, the age group, we find a lot of like 25 to 40 year old women tends to be the, the most, but we get, tell you what, we get a lot of like uh, 55 and up women sharing about us on Facebook, you know? Yeah. Like, Great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, and we do, man. you know, we get folks, you know, I do think that like, we tend to get less like um, college kids than you might think because, and I think like college kids have less discretionary spending, yep. you know what I mean? Yep, totally. Um, and uh, don't have to buy work clothes, you know what I'm saying? Like, you yeah, can get yeah. Buy sweats and whatever a lot of the time. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's probably different for a lot of ethical brands depending on what they're selling and who, all that. But that's what well, that's what we tend to find is that it's um it's it really is across the spectrum. We do have a lot of you know a lot of guys shopping on the site and people of all ages. But if you want to know the you know the core, it's been yeah like 25 to 40 year old women, um, uh, a plurality at least. Um, Quickly from yeah. the B to B side. If brands want to actually get on the platform, what's the process? There's well, a couple of ways. I mean, brands can just apply directly on our site. So if you go to dunka.co, there's a link. You know, click on the contact us, and then there's a, a link to uh, to apply. And then you know, we'll run through a process to to make sure that you meet our you know social and, and environmental impact criteria. Um, but then <clears throat> it's really easy to get to get set up. I mean, it has to be you know we're working with brands that have an e-commerce site already because then we have the technology to just plug into their site 
you know, create an API yep. uh, a link and, and just basically whatever products are running on their site, those products automatically run on our site too. So it's super easy. And that's part of the thing too, right? It's like, we also need to make this as we've been talking about making it as easy as possible yeah. for users. Yep. But we've really worked hard to make it super easy for brands too, which is why originally we started with that model where we're the referral model where we're kicking people to their sites to check out because once you introduce the checkout on our site, now we're handing money. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, that, and then, and we have to know that their products, we can't be selling stuff on our site that's out of stock on theirs, but we don't want to be having to like them to like call us and let us know their inventory and have it be all manual. Like we had to get to a point where we could make that technology be super automated. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's, we didn't like fully become, you know, a marketplace site, the Amazon type site with the checkout on our site until we knew we could make it super automated and easy for our partners because what do, what do we do all this for? To help them be more successful, right? To help our users spend their money in a way they can feel good about and make a difference with their spending dollars. But also, I mean, if they're doing that, then if we're helping to make these brands more successful. So we have to um, make sure that we're not taking a ton of their time either because they're trying to grow our business. This has to be passive revenue for them, additional revenue that they wouldn't already get. Right. And, and without having to put that much work in, that's the value proposition. That, that's the value we create for them. And if we're not doing that, and that's why we also, we never charge any upfront fees. We take a percentage of each sale because that way, then whatever those partner brands are paying us is um, commensurate with the amount of value that we're providing them, mm -hmm. the amount of sales we're making for them. So it's $0 to start. And we made the process super easy. Like there's you know, the application to, to get on in the social impact portion. After that, it's like 10 minutes to, to hook up. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, yep. And even in that application process on social impact, we've tried to make that both where we can assure that it's, you know, stringent enough and that we can be, be able to like tell our users, this is a, a good ethical environmentally friendly brand. At, at the same time, we, we know we can't have that go for like months on end and mm -hmm. have that take mm -hmm. a ton of, of, of time from these businesses. Cause again, you know, it's, we've, we've got to make it easy for them to participate so that it's a little bit of time up front, but, and no money up front. And then after that, we're just making more sales for you and you don't have to do any work for them. And then we'll take a percentage, but then again, you're still getting revenue over and above what you otherwise would. And that way we're always creating value. We're always helping to grow the social impact movement, always helping these social enterprises be more successful. Cause if we're taking more in fees than we're providing them in sales, then what the hell's the point? That's yeah, not what right. I no, right. that's how I got into doing this. Well, amazing, my man. Thank you so much for, for taking the time, man. It's uh, been a long time coming. And yeah. It's, uh, it's been fun to watch the, the maturation of, of the company and, and all the layers it's, it's, uh, it's gone through. And I think it's finally at like an amazing place. And it's a great, it's a great point in time to be where you're at. And for any brand out there, like it's a no brainer, right? I think that you need to be on the platform and for consumers, it's look, if there was a, if there was a better marketplace out there, I would know about it <laughs> in the social impact space. So, uh, oh, that's so, nice, man. Yeah, man. So I would just say like, and coming keep... from you, cause I believe that it's true. What you just said, you would know about it. And so <laughs> man, that's, it's nice for a guy as steeped in all this stuff as you to say that, that, that means a lot, man. And we, and we just, I will say this, I don't, you know, we still ain't perfect. We still got a lot to go. We're of still course, working man, yeah. a lot, but like, we have really tried to focus on that, like easy to use for people, easy to use for our brands, like, and really tried to always, you know, these conscious capitalism principles of always creating value for all of our stakeholders. I mean, we, we, we work really hard at it, you know, <laughs> I know yeah. that for sure. So yeah. I appreciate you saying that, man. That's really, yeah. really nice of you to say. We'll have a great rest of the year, man. And then obviously have a great rest of the, you know, few years down the line, hopefully here to come yeah. the growth ahead. So I appreciate you taking the time, man. Oh, hey, I appreciate you taking the time and for having me on. It's, it's always good to talk to you.